Obviously, you made a right turn, because here's the wrong kind of podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wrong Kind of Podcast. We are on a Zoom meeting, if you can't see, so excuse the audio if it sounds a little weird. And today, we are joined by Amy Reed, and she is the president of the Kansas Cannabis Coalition. How are you doing, Amy? Hi, I'm good. Thank you. So tell us about your group. What's it all about? And tell us about you. You bet. So um, the Kansas Cannabis Coalition is a nonprofit 501c4 organization. And what that means is that um, we advocate and educate, basically. Um, We are advocating for the legalization of cannabis in Kansas, medical cannabis at this time. Um, we provide education to, um, to lawmakers, uh, to patients, to families, to um, interested um, constituents in the state of Kansas. And uh, we feel like the whole, um, the whole uh, image of cannabis in general is negative and it's because of propaganda over the years. And um, once people are educated and understand the true benefits, then um, we, we've done our job. And, and our hope is, is to continue that to the point where we can get our lawmakers to vote yes on a bill to pass medical cannabis in Kansas. So we're here in Coffeeville and it's just, you know, five minute drive to Oklahoma, if that from here. Mm-hmm. And they're pretty wide open down there on their their medical marijuana. It seems like maybe it's not exactly medical marijuana. It's got has a different feel to it. But uh, mm-hmm. I have a local doctor here who had us some questions, and he's been talking about House Bill twenty four thirty six and the Senate Bill ninety two. Are either one of those possibilities, or they just kind of bouncing them around each other? No, that's a great question. Right now in our state legislature, um, uh, there is one bill sitting in, there's two bills sitting in the Senate and, um, but they're not moving. Um, Senate bill 92 has been um, introduced every year for, for several years. And it ends up in a committee where it it doesn't move. there's another bill that Senator McGinn, who's my senator in um, in the Valley Center area, uh, she that's Senate Bill 315. Um, it is sitting in the Senate at um, in a committee that it again is is not moving. <laughs> um, our biggest hope was um, House sub for Senate Bill uh, 158, and that bill actually um, set presidents last year. It was the first time ever in the state of Kansas where we have had a medical marijuana bill pass the House of Representatives. And um, it passed last year uh, in the very last week of session. Uh, For those of you who don't know, the state of Kansas, our legislative sessions are not year round. Uh, They only run from January through May. So um, if a bill doesn't pass in that short time period, then it sits, you know, all winter long until the next year. So the the bill passed the House of Representatives 
uh, last May, I think it was the second to the last day of session, it went over to the Senate side. And um, there's different vehicles that they use in the legislature to try to move bills through quicker um, so that they don't have to be introduced and that saves some time. So that's why they, they took a bill that was sitting in Senate, uh, Senate Bill 158, which was about abandoned vehicles. And they put their bill into that bill, hoping that it would move things quicker because we knew we were in the last week of session. Well, when that happens, the president of the Senate um, has to determine whether or not the bill is quote unquote materially altered. And um, because it started out as an abandoned vehicle bill and turned into a medical marijuana bill, um, Ty Masterson determined that it was materially altered. And because of that, it, it slowed the progress last year. Um, it was put into, it couldn't go to a media to vote. It went to a, a committee, which is the federal, uh, federal and state affairs committee. And then it sat all winter long. So this year session started and it was brought back up uh, this year. So now we're just kind of waiting for somebody to do something. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. There's, there's lots of logistical reasons. Um, they actually had a hearing scheduled for the very the second week that session started in January. Yeah. So like January seventeenth, they they had it scheduled for a hearing, and um, people could come in and testify. And we were like, "This is moving fast. This is awesome. This is awesome." And all of a sudden, we got another blow where um, it was moved into a different committee, and it sat again. Uh, no, no, go ahead, Yancy. Uh, let me ask, you kind of alluded to this earlier when you were describing what your organization does, but uh, what is the biggest factor uh, in with pushback that you see within legislators? Is it the stigma that's still attached to... Uh, marijuana is it uh, is it a political affiliation type thing that you see? Mm -hmm. um, it's both of those things, and as you guys know, um, Republicans are dem are in general more conservative than Democrats, right? Um, a lot more conservative values, and um, we have a super majority of Republicans in our in our state Senate. And so they are fearful of a, a recreational and that's what their fear is. It's going to go right to recreational and they've seen what happened in Oklahoma. And Justin, you alluded to this earlier that um, it's a free for all. I mean, <laughs> very low licensing fees. The doctor can just prescribe, give anybody a recommendation without certain medical conditions yeah. And they're fearful of that. And, and so they're treading lightly and, and, and being cautious and trying to find a happy medium between, um, between not, not having anything at all and having something that will satisfy most patients, but probably not all. So right. as our listeners know, I am uh, more pro just going at it, you know, uh, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The, the medical marijuana aspect of it to me has always just been a step to get into recreational. And 
I, I feel like, you know, is there any way that Kansas and Oklahoma, you can petition to have a, a state question put on there. Is there any way that Kansas, like maybe a legislator can introduce something to where we have a state question? Because I feel like sometimes the, uh, like you talked about earlier, the Republicans, which are more conservative, I feel like they don't want to vote on it because, mm-hmm. well, I did nothing. So therefore I don't get blamed for it. But if I, you understand what I'm trying to say? Is there a mm-hmm. way that the state of Kansas can have a, a, a state question on a ballot and just let the people decide? Because mm-hmm. I feel like it would pass by a great deal in all, all forms of it. Yeah, there's been, there's been studies that have been done by Fort Hayes State University every year asking people about whether they support medical, whether they support um, recreational or, or adult use, we call it. And um, somewhere between 60 and 70% yeah. of Kansans support it. Um, the problem is, like you said, we don't have a ballot initiative in, in the state of Kansas. Yeah. We don't, it's part of our state constitution not to have one. We're one of only a very few states that don't allow that. And that's how most of the states across the country got this yeah. to, to a vote. Um, we don't like that. We don't think that's right. Um, and this year there were two House uh, Democrats who have presented a bill to change our US com- or our state constitution and allow for a vote uh, this November. And, and allow for a vote for, for full adult use. Yeah. Um, so that bill is sitting over on the House side. Um, again, we know because we have a lot of conservatives in the state that it's probably not gonna go anywhere. Um, but I, I think what, what our goal as an organization is, is to show people who are in fear of the devil's lettuce, you know, that they used to call it, um, we need to, we're, our goal is to show them other reasons why it's important to us. Yeah. For example, our economy. I mean, we could be collecting taxes on all of these sales when people we know are driving yes, to ma'am. Oklahoma and driving to Colorado. And we're losing out on that state revenue, the revenue that we could use to improve our schools or our highways or all of these other things that, that they all want on their agenda. So we're trying to, you know, talk more about the other benefits that could help their constituents or help them get the things passed that they want. So well, our, go ahead. I've seen articles that, that where states, other states, uh, marijuana tax revenue has exceeded their alcohol tax revenue. I mean, it's, it seems like there's a lot of money being left on the table for sure. So much money. Absolutely. I remember early on in Oklahoma, I saw something that said um, that marijuana taxes have paid the salaries of 290 school teachers in the state. And I mean, that's huge. I, that so, education is at the forefront of so many of these lawmakers um, you know, goals. And if, if they could put that much money into our education system, then it, it's a win, you know. So our local senator here calls himself a fiscal conservative. And my question to him is, 
how can you be a fiscal conservative when you are letting tax revenue escape your state to Oklahoma to the south, which is medical? Like you've already said, there are plenty of ways to get the Oklahoma right. marijuana. Colorado, which is wide open. Right. Um, Missouri is now also medical, which I'm not sure how hard it is, but there's ways around things. And I've even noticed that Nebraska is starting to kind of ease up on some of their penalties for possession of marijuana. But I, I guess that's my question to these so-called fiscal conservatives. You're jailing people that have very small amounts of marijuana and that may be using them for uh, medicinal reasons. Mm -hmm. uh, and you will house those people in jail cells for a long period of time. And then you hang felonies or misdemeanors on them they can't mm -hmm. bring in an income while it's there but meanwhile then they go back to the world they can't get a good job because now they have you know meanwhile you can drive down the street here and get you a case of beer every day and nobody has a problem with that right. so so i do have a little bit of experience with the the, the medical aspects of uh, marijuana and cbd my son takes a uh i got the name of it and my brain is not working this evening. I need to look it up real quick. He takes something for seizures uh, right. weekly. It is Epidiolex. Are you familiar yeah. with that? Yeah. So when he first started taking it, I didn't think it was working. Honestly, mm -hmm. I just didn't. I, as Yancey knows and the listeners, I'm, I'm kind, of, kind of iffy on the medical aspect of it. I'm a kid from the 80s. Mm -hmm. I, I smoked weed. I had nothing wrong with me, but mm -hmm. uh, he got off of it a few weeks ago because we had ran out and we was going to try to get him off of it to see if it's, you know, working. That's what you do with, when your child has epilepsy. You're always on and off trying to figure out what's working. Right. His, his seizures have become much more intense in the last couple of weeks. And, and I'm here to admit that I may have been wrong on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Write it, write it down. Yancy. Um, <laughs> that I think there's something to it. I, I've seen my son laying here on the floor and mm -hmm. just not be in control of his own body. And I think that it's working. I think that that Epidiolex is working. Now that is a pharmaceutical grade CBD. That's not something you're getting down here at the uh, corner gas station, you know, it's right. Right. And it's, it's actually, and it's synthetic. It's not even, real cannabis it's it's really? produced in a lab and and it's completely synthetic um hmm. the whole plant there's studies that have been done um mostly overseas on on the benefits i mean seizures the number one reason that yeah. people utilize um medical cannabis and um for years the united states gives over a hundred thousand dollars a year for over the last 50 years to israel to do research on cannabis. The U.S. government. The U.S. government. And they also have patents on, uh, on different cannabinoids within the, the marijuana plant. So they've wow. known for years that there's medical benefits. It was, it was just all, and, and I could go on and on about that, the, the, the history of prohibition. And, and it, was, it was political and it was racist. And um, okay, you, you a, brought a, a long game, a long game type thing. So yeah. 
you brought it up. I'm not one of these people to try to bring everything around a race because I'm just not. But uh, mm-hmm. we had we call them producers. We have people that sponsor our podcast, and one of our producers wanted to ask about the connection between racism and marijuana prohibition. Mm-hmm. I am not aware of this. Could you give us a quick education on what that's supposed to be about? Absolutely. So um, back in the um, early 1900s, cannabis was on the shelf of of every physician. It was on the pharmacopenia. The doctors could prescribe it. They prescribed it for over a hundred different ailments and um, people grew industrial hemp uh, to make, in fact, they were required um, to grow hemp in, in World War II so that they could produce rope yes. and, yes. and clothing for their soldiers. Um, and so it was called cannabis, the medical or the, the scientific term for the plant is cannabis. And it was, and everybody knew of cannabis and it was normal and it was fine. And then um, there was um, a man named Harry Anslinger in the 1930s, who had he and and William Hurst, the newspaper oh, um, yeah. guru, the two of those got together and they were worried about hemp taking over the um, the industries that they were involved with, with the newspaper and with cotton. And they decided to and and at the same time, the United States was getting a lot of um immigrants from Mexico. And when the immigrants came from Mexico, they called it marijuana. They, they smoked cannabis and they called it marijuana and they decided they were going to go on an all out war. And they, um, started by taxing marijuana, similar to how they taxed alcohol. And then they, um, convinced Harry Anslinger was, um, the head of the DEA in the 1930s when Nixon was our president and he this is um, all very convenient. Yeah. And, and at the time where we did the, the scheduled substance act, um, he insisted that they put it as schedule one. And, um, even at the time Nixon was like, well, I'm not, you know, we don't have the studies that show. And he goes, well, let's stick it in there and then we can remove it later. We'll have this group do some research and long story short, the group did the research. They showed it had medical benefits and he still left it as a scheduled one drug and it's been there ever since. Um, but also as far as um, racism, um, even today, um, black people or people of color are um, arrested for possession um, up to six times more often than white people. And it was worse in the in the past. Uh, the ACLU does statistics every year, and they'll do it state by state by state. And in Kansas, they'll even do it um, county by county. Um, but in Kansas, it's it's still at like four point six percent more likely to get a, a arrested for possession if you're a person of color than you are if you're white. But at the same time, the utilization of cannabis is equal in whites versus people of color. Really? I'm honestly not real surprised by that. I, I get into conversations all the time that, you know, people, racism doesn't really exist anymore. My daughter's black. So 
I'd mm-hmm. like to think that I have a little real world experience. And let me tell you, it does exist. And you don't have to agree with me. That's okay. Uh, I got something else I wanted to make sure I get in. I don't want to hold Nancy up. He's got some questions. But so Delta 8, that mm-hmm. is a new thing that I've just discovered here in the last couple of months. And it seems to be, it come out real hard and there were signs everywhere. Now the mm-hmm. signs are kind of missing. And I know that it's still around, mm-hmm. but the rumor is that uh, Derek Smith, who has he announced his candidacy yet for governor? I think he has. Okay. Uh, which sounds like he's got a pretty good chance, especially in Kansas. I mean, he's yeah. hometown boy. He's from uh, 20 miles up the road here. Uh, the word on the street is that uh, Mr. Schmidt, his opinion, his uh, mm-hmm. attorney general opinion is that Delta 8 is illegal. But according to the Farm Bill in 2018, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, it is not. Do you have mm-hmm. anything to say about Delta 8 and and the legalities? Or just um, anything in general? Does it? qualify would that be in the same municipal because it doesn't have the potency that's for sure it, it's- right right people refer to it and i'm i'm a registered nurse and and i've done um extensive cannabis training over the last three years i'm part of a couple of national cannabis nurses organizations and we go to courses every year um and what we refer to delta eight as is weed's little brother <laughs> I'd say that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, it, it doesn't have the same potency, but it does have psychoactive effects. Um, whereas CBD does not, um, Delta eight is THC. Um, Delta nine THC is, is marijuana. Delta eight THC is Delta eight, but they're both THC. So if you're, um, if you're being tested for THC, you're going to be positive with either one of those. And the farm bill was, um, everybody agreed that the farm, that the farm bill, um, specified, a Delta nine THC, and they thought we're good, we're legal. And then we found out recently, um, that in, in our bill, in our state bill, so at the federal level, it's legal because the, all the bill language at the federal la- level specifies Delta 9 THC as a scheduled one controlled substance. In Kansas, the way our bill was wrote, and we don't know how people miss this, it just says total THC. So uh, total THC, and they did that because there's no lab in the state of Kansas that could differentiate between Delta 8 and Delta 9. And is there a difference between 8 and 9 THC? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. There's, there's just like one molecule that's changed. Okay. Um, but, but the, there's a bill in the house that is actually going to be, um, it's going to be heard la- next week. I believe the hearing is next week. That's going to make our law in line with the federal law where it will change it to anything that is any product that is derived from industrial hemp and industrial hemp is defined as less than 0.3% THC when it's harvested is legal. And when that happens, um, there'll be no question, but right now there's a lot of gray yeah. and, 
And when um, Attorney General Derek Schmidt wrote his opinion, um, that's when a prosecutor up in uh, the Wakini area arrested somebody and he arrested them for possession of a controlled substance, which is not true because Delta nine is, is controlled substance. Delta eight is not, but it's still illegal. Very confusing, but we'll get it cleared up in the next few weeks is our hope. Nancy, you got any questions? Um, yeah, so I'm sure you, uh, your group uses a lot of these facts in your uh, advocacy, uh, but th- with, with Kansas being so late to the party mm-hmm. and being the few and last states to not legalize any form, mm-hmm. uh, doesn't Kansas have a good opportunity to use those other states who have legalized as a, as a template? Yes, great, great question. Um, and that's what we said. Uh, there's there's 33 other states out there that have some sort of, of legalization. So we need to learn from them and pick and choose the best of the best. And that's what we've tried to do. Um, we won't licensing fees in Oklahoma are extremely low. And everybody would assume that low licensing fees is good, but it can, they can be too low. I mean, they're so low now that more people are growing than patients can consume. And so they either have to take a lower dollar for their product when they sell it, or the growers are having to sell it on the illicit market. And that's what we're seeing happen. So, market station, basically. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, supply and demand, right? And you've got to find a, a happy medium there. And there's other states that have $300,000 licensing fees. And in Kansas, we have groups that are advocating for high licensing fees. And and we're fighting against that. We we want what we call reasonable fees, Uh, not too low, but not so high that that people can't get into the business. Um, We're also advocating for um, no caps. Uh, Other states have uh, put caps, like the number of licenses they'll give. And it's caused um, a lot of unfairness, basically. Um, you know, people will get in with the people making the decisions and, and do whatever they need to do to get their name on the, on the people who get licenses. And then other people are left out. So um, we want that. We want open caps. We want reasonable fees. We want good patient access for people like Coffeeville and people living in Western Kansas. And, um, and then we want Kansas residency on the licenses. We, we don't want um, Anheuser-Busch, for example, to come to Kansas and buy 300 um, dispensaries, right? We, we want our people to have the cultivation, our people to have the dispensaries. And um, so that, those are all parts uh, that are in the bill that uh, is sitting on the Senate side now and that has passed the House. And our hope is that, that they'll, they'll stay in there. Well, I hope it works. It's the, it's the business aspect of it that I've always found the most interesting. Uh, I really don't care what you do in the privacy of your own home. Mm-hmm. It, and I really honestly think it could be a great uh, economic boom to the uh, state of Kansas. 
hopefully it'll come around. I don't, uh, I don't have a lot of high hope right now that it, that it will. I feel no like pun intended, a, right? <laughs> oh yeah, actually that's great. I, I kind of feel like we're a, I don't know. Can you look at your crystal ball and, and, and tell me what you think? How far away are we? I'm feeling very, very confident that we will get a bill passed this year. Oh, really? In some medical form, huh? Yep. Yep. We will. We've got, we've got, we're gaining momentum on, on finding senators who are supportive. Uh, we already know we have enough votes on the House side because they passed it last year. And, um, and they're willing to learn. Like we've taken, we have taken senators to cultivation facilities in Kansas City, Missouri, and given them tours and, and took them to a dispensary and took them to a, 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 um, a processing plant. They want to learn and they, and, and they want to, they want to provide this to their constituents. I mean, there's still some that are just adamantly against it. Um, but we feel like we have enough votes to get it passed this year. So. Well, you know, in the past, a lot of it would have been considered a, uh, political suicide for some for some yeah. people as when they see the legitimacy that you yeah. show them i mean that's that's a great service right i agree they they need to know what's in it for them and what's in it for their constituents and one of the things we're doing pushing really hard now is asking people to um email their senator and their representative um, they don't like mass emails where you send it to all the senators and representatives, but they love hearing from their constituents. And um, there's been some um, some articles published in just in January in Kansas where they said um, the senators, this is not a priority for them. And they haven't heard from their constituents that that they want this. And we know that they do just yeah. because of the statistical data, mm -hmm. but we want to call them on it. So we we've teamed up with Kansas Normal, and um, they they have a petition that we're asking people to sign. Do and that. basically, they fill out their name and address, and by putting in their zip code, it links it with their senator and their representative. And at the end of our campaign, in about uh, three weeks. We're going to hand carry to each one of those senators. Here's a list of people who have told us directly that they support this and they are your constituents. So they can't say anymore. Nobody's telling me this and nobody's, you know, so that's, that's probably the biggest thing I wanted to tell you guys tonight is, is, um, is to follow us on Facebook and at the very top of, um, of our Facebook page, it's called Kansas Canna Coalition on Facebook. At the very top, we have it pinned to the top. There's um, a, a petition that people can click on. It takes literally 30 seconds, fill out your name and address, submit it, and then we'll, we'll hand carry those to the legislators. Well, you took care of what I was going to do and ask how people can get a hold of you and see what you got going on. There it is. <laughs> it's on Facebook. And yep. I've, re I've reached out to Kansas uh, Normal. I've actually uh -huh. uh, signed the online petition. And oh, uh, they may or may, I think I shared it on the web page. I mean, the uh, Facebook page. I'm older now. Everything's a page or a site now, of course. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I'll, I'll share it again. And I think we've had very, very uh, small talks about getting them on here in some way or another. 
But well, they are members of our coalition, so I, I'm okay. your connection if you want to get them on. Um, send, send them our way, yeah. George and George and Rebecca are the the co chairs, and George actually works down in Southeast Kansas at a oh, okay. at a big car dealership down there. I you don't have. Be... Go what? ahead. You don't have to give a location, but yeah, we're in Coffeeville. We're uh, so mm -hmm. in studio is always much better. Uh, you know, we just have a good time and sit there and have a great conversation. You can't see my light flicker in my dining room <laughs> and my hairline that I'm not really too hip about in this camera view. So. <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate you uh, helping us out. Like you said, we're in a shadow down here in the corner. We got people down here just going to town in Oklahoma. It's like a you know, smoke cloud down there. And you got Colorado mm -hmm. and Missouri. But meanwhile, we're sitting here watching our tax dollars and our people be put in jail and you can drink all the beer you want, but you can't, uh, you can't smoke weed in your own home or take right. something that may actually keep you from being nauseated or, you know, there's, there's plenty of things I do know that it does, you know, help with. So mm -hmm. I wish you all the luck in the world. Yes. Do you have uh, any parting? No, I, uh, I think that we've, uh, pretty much covered everything that I could think of. But yeah, thank you for joining us, Amy. You bet. Thanks for having me. I'm I'm always ready to share what we call the can of knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> we need more of that. We'll check in with you here in a couple of weeks and see what's going on. Remember to follow the Facebook page and uh, see how you guys are doing. Perfect. Thank, thank you, you so much. Have a good thank evening. You. Thank you. Bye.